Good evening, TDN listeners. Welcome to this weekend interview. I'm your host, Anthony Drago. It's Wednesday night, 8 p.m. and Eastern Caribbean, 8 p.m. in New York. And at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday, we do this weekend interview. This weekend interview is a production of TDNRadio.net. We have, I have the privilege of having conversations with persons who have done so much. They were really interesting, either because of their training or because of their experience or something that they have that's interesting. And I have conversations with these people and I, and I share those conversations with you. I, I, I find myself so privileged. There are people that I grew up admiring and then I get to have these conversations with them. So I really uh, I, I look forward to spending an hour with you every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. So tonight is no exception. I, I have a very exciting conversation coming up. My guest tonight is the, the new leader of the Dominica Freedom Party. I have an exclusive interview with him. I'm going to introduce him to you. And I, I know that uh, you are going to, to really enjoy the conversation as much as I, as I know I am going to enjoy it as well. But as usual, before I start the show every Wednesday night, I always play the Caricom Anthem. Because if you are a regular listener, you know that um, the Caribbean going forward as one country is one of my passions. And so every Wednesday, I, I play the CARICOM anthem. And tonight is no exception. I'm going to do that. Mikkel Henderson, the beautiful Mikkel Henderson, she does, a, she does a stellar job with the CARICOM anthem. And I know that we're anxious to get into the conversation with my guests. So I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to play the CARICOM anthem. Uh, and of course, we get a word from our sponsors. They are generous sponsors who keep this show going, get a word from them. And when I come back, I will have um, the new leader of the Dominica Freedom Party on the line. And um, we're going to start talking about what, is, what the visions are for the um, Freedom Party for Dominica. So let's listen to the character and And when I come back, um, we're going to launch directly into our conversation. Distant lands, our forefathers came. Some seeking adventure, some bound in chains. Through battles waged and fought, through victory and pain, by test of their courage, our freedom was gained. The heroes of lands in the sun We vow to join hands and to focus On building one Caribbean Raise your voices high Sing of your Caribbean pride Sing it loud and strong Feel a heart Queen. 
domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% uptime guarantee, 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today, 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O.com. A G and D Enterprises. All right, listeners, welcome back. I, I told you every every Wednesday when I play Mikael's song and listen to her singing anthem, I get renewed hope that one day the Caribbean is going to be one country. Um, thank you to our sponsors, um, Dominica Houston Association. They have their dinner and gala every year, so commemorating Dominica's independence. I've been to a few, um, very, very auspicious event. And so, um, September 22nd, mark it down in your calendar. It's worth, it's worth traveling to Houston for, um, and get your tickets early because every year they, they sell out. But, this is this week in the interview, and I want to say welcome to all our listeners. If every Wednesday night you join me, you know I don't take your, your time for granted. I appreciate the fact that you make this week in interview part of your weekly schedule. If tonight is the first time that you're hearing, you're listening, you're tuning into this week in interview, welcome. And I hope by the end of the hour that you will agree that this week in interview is a, a show that worth becoming part of your weekly schedule. We do this every Wednesday. And if for whatever reason you missed a program, you can go to tdnradio.net and you can download the podcast or you can listen, you can just stream it um, live from, from the website. Uh, also, we have the app in it, it tune in. You can do tune in and, and listen to us. Or we have the TDN Radio app in both the, um, the, I, the the app stores for your Android or your iPhone. So a number of ways that you can you can catch us. But tonight, I have a very special guest. And um, he is currently in Belize, so he's joining us on Skype. I like to say that ahead of time because sometimes the technology likes to throw a little monkey wrench into the works and we lose contact. But to, so far, we have a really clear um, connection. And uh, my guest tonight is Mr. Kent Vital. Kent uh, was recently elected the the leader of the Dominica Freedom Party. And full disclosure, before we even start, Kent and I uh, were classmates at high school. So Kent is somebody I know very well. And, and, and I take the opportunity to shout out all our classmates, the class Dominica Grammar School class of 83, classes 83 and 84. I know that they're tuned in, and I'm, and I'm sure I'm going to, going to get a lot of questions um, for Kent. If um, you can also, if you have um, TDN Radio as part of your Skype contacts, we'll be on there. I, I'm not promising that we'll get time to open the lines to calls, but don't be afraid because um, this, I'm sure this is not going to be the only time that Kent is going to be on, and we will probably bring him back soon enough so we, we can take calls at the next time. Um, but Kent, um, let me not keep you waiting any longer. Welcome to this weekend interview. It's quite a delight to have you on as my guest. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, it's my pleasure to be on as well. And uh, let me also join you in shouting out the class of 83 and 84. These were really beautiful years, you know, the formative years of our lives and great memories going back to those years. Yeah. Yes, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, we, uh, we are turning, uh, we've just turned the turning mid, 
you know, early to mid fifties, and I, and I, and at that time, I guess with a good way into raising kids, we've gained a lot of experience, and now it's time to start taking up leadership positions. And um, you, you, you've taken a very bold step and put yourself up for leadership, and so far, um, you've succeeded to be the leader of the Freedom Party. Before we get into that, though, I want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience and tell them who Kent Vital is and, and, and what you would like them to know about you. Yeah, well, normally when I, I, I define who I am, two things come to my mind first, and that's really who I am first and foremost. First, I think in terms of my faith. I'm a person of faith. Um, and that is very important to me because that is really what shapes the way I live. That's really what shapes my morals. That is really what shapes the way I treat other people. That's really what it, what shapes the the way I I I will conduct my own business when um, and I'm, I am will, I will be getting into business. That's what will shape the way I will govern if I'm given the opportunity to be in government. The way I will lead my team and my party. That will shape the way I conduct my um, my campaign and all of that. So, for instance, I, I, I cannot try to buy anybody. That it's just not in keeping with who I am in my faith in God. So that's that's the, one of the most important things about who I am. Secondly, my family. I always say that because the truth is, I live for my family and my wife, and my immediate family, of course, my wife and, and, and three beautiful children. God only blessed me with girls, so they're all girls. Um, they still at the ages where they go to school. One, well, one is out of school, graduated from university, um, wants to do her master's next year, and the other two are still in high school at convent. And, you know, they're the love of my life as, as, as well as my wife. And everything I do, I do for them, and I try to leave a good example for them. I, I, I try to ensure that the way I live, that they can look at, at my life and say that they want to be like that. And my wife is my partner. She supports me 100%. I love her. And that that is me. That is me, a family man. That is me. And then, of course, I'm a regular guy that grew up in Roseau. Uh, uh, grew up in Roseau Central. I grew up in a large family. And that's my extended family. I love them as well. Um, we grew up in Roseau. Didn't have a lot. But we grew up with a lot of pride. My father instilled pride in us, pride in the good sense, not pride in the bad sense, not, not, you know, but, but in the good sense that you, you work hard, that you do your best at school, because that would give you a path forward and a, and a way out, so to speak. Education has always been the great equalizer or the great, uh, what happened? Did we lose you, Ken? Hello? Hmm. Technology. We seem to have lost contact. As I said, Kent is in Belize, and um, we're trying to. What's going on here? Maybe I just connect. I'll just connect the call and try to reconnect. Yeah, but the listeners, you 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 understand when I say that this this interview is going to be going to be great. Um, Kent has inter, you know introduced himself and, and said that his faith is what shapes and guides most of his decision making. I'm trying to re-establish contact with him. Uh, and as I said, Kent, are you there? Hello? Yeah, listeners, you're listening. This, this is this weekend interview. And my guest tonight is Kent Vital. And um, I, he, we were talking to him on Skype. 
and we just lost contact and so I'm trying to reach him on the telephone to see if we can continue the conversation. Um, Kent was elected as leader of the Freedom Party uh, a couple of weeks ago. And um, I, I just thought that it would, be, it would be awesome to... I'm just telling that I'm calling him on... on, on. Bear with me. Okay. So, until I get him, until I get to try to reestablish contact with Kent, um, for those of you who are not too familiar with um, the politics system in Dominica, Dominica has three um, political parties. I, I, I know um, there's a fourth one that is being introduced called Peapod, but um, they have not established a presence on the ground as yet. So we, we talk about the, the, like the Labour Party is um, the party in, in power right now, and the opposition is the United Workers' Party. The United Workers' Party was in power in Dominica, and the Freedom Party, whose Ken is leader right now, um, joined forces with the, with the Labour Party at the time to, to help to oise the the United Workers' Party out of government. And um, a lot of questions are swirling now that the Freedom Party, which has been a relatively inactive um, in recent times, now that they're, they're recovering, uh, a number of persons are wondering if they're going to collaborate with the United Workers' Party to try to get the Labour Party out of office. Um, I'm going to take a break, play, play a song, and... Um, well, hopefully, by the time we come back, I'm trying to reestablish contact with um, with with Kent. Hey, Daddy. This song is for all CARICOM members. CARICOM, this is for you. Individually, we are one drop. It's the right time for the division to stop. We struggled throughout many centuries. Rivalry and every shape for history. Natural disasters threaten our development. Yet we stand steadfast and resilient. If we dream alone, make it a dream only. Let us dream together, make our dreams a reality. Use a single voice, carry come. It's the right time. I read this first story about that, and as I told you at the top of the show, um, anytime we use technology, we're likely to have some type of disruption. So I have Kent back online. Kent, we got disconnected. Um, our Skype connection dropped, it looked like. Um, but I have you back, and... Um, at the time, you were, you were start you were talking about when you got cut off. You were talking about the the way that you were raised. Um, your, your your family instilled um, pride and and right. and and, and, the, and the role that education, the importance of education, was had played in, um, in in shaping the person that you are. Right, right, great, right. So, so, so these were very important for me. And then growing up, you know, and understanding what poverty is like, seeing poverty around you, seeing, um, 
and, and wanting a better life for yourself, and not just for yourself, combined with family upbringing and combined with your faith, wanting to do something about it, wanting to, to help and, 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 to, and to make life better for other persons and not just for yourself. Um, that these are some of the things that have, have motivated me. And then I've got, I went on, I moved on, I, I, I got the opportunity to go to study, um, thanks to um, the opportunity provided through the Canadian government, for government, government full of government um, sponsored uh, Canadians. I got to go degree at, at UWE, University of West Indies, um, studied economics there. Um, then came, went back home, worked with the National Development the Statistical Institute in Belize, sorry, now. worked with the Statistical Office in Dominica first, then moved on to the Aid Bank for a short while as a research officer, then took the job with the National Development Corporation, um, it's now defunct, but for about five years, then moved on to the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank as an economist for five years, and from there moved to the Caribbean Development Bank, working as a for a total period of about... Um, 13 years or so, well, 12, well, over a 13-year period, but maybe actual work there would have been about 11, 11 years because I resigned a couple of times in between. Um, so it's been a work experience, but that experience, that, that work experience has led me to get a tremendous appreciation of challenges in the Caribbean, development challenges, because I've worked as an economist and, and more so I have, although I was trained in, in terms of my master's, as um, with the University of London as a financial economics, my practice has really been development economics. And in, in, in more recent times as a consultant, I have focused a lot in that area, um, helping countries, helping Caribbean countries. I've worked with a couple of Caribbean countries to help them to produce um, national development plans, um, medium-term development plans, and in, in one case, a vision plan. And there are other countries that I, I plan to provide some assistance to one way or the other. But that has been my passion of late. And in doing that work, you see, you see some of the challenges. You see, for instance, that one of the greatest challenges in terms of development in the Caribbean is really governance and political governance at that. And we can expect that a little later. But I just wanted to give a flavor of who I am. But so for my, my faith, my family upbringing, my love for my country, wanting to eradicate poverty, given the opportunity to go to study, having learned, um, having gone to UWE, um, did a master's at, 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 with the University of London, and my practical work experience, I'm in a position where God has given me much, so to speak, in terms of knowledge, and where I'm in a position now where I want to give back. A lot of the knowledge that I currently share with countries, and that's why I'm there is all now so, because it helped them put together a medium-term development strategy, and they have to, um, to continue with the implementation systems. So I have a lot of law and I, one point, my job at CDB went back to Dominica for a short while um, because I people and must have been there for a while to help uh, because the position became became available. They started vested uh, the authority, and I applied and got the position as as executive um, um, CFG executive officer. I, I did that because I wanted to go help. Um, I had the opportunity while ECCB to contribute to Dominica's development. Because while there, I led a team, time Dominica was going through some tough challenges, PHS was in power. I led a team while I was at ECC. From the Caribbean Development Bank, 
Dominica Ministry of Finance, where we pro, um, produced this strategy. At the time, Dominica was going through some severe fiscal challenges. That strategy ultimately became the base on which the IMF negotiated with Dominica. And the good PHRs at the time ran with, took it, great statesmen. Uh, but then we didn't have the opportunity to continue. So when the chance came in, um, to be director, um, executive director, of, um, chief of of Invest Dominica Authority. I took the I, I took the opportunity, left CDB where I was getting better and back home because I wanted to help to a job that paid me less. I read the environment where where I didn't think um, I could um, I could be effective in that environment in terms of what what I think was needed to make to bring Dominica forward. So at the time I resigned, but I did say I will come back. I will go back on my own terms and and then then, then, then um, a couple political parties began to express interest. And, and, and that is where it all started in terms of my political interests. Right. So, so in a nutshell, you've given us an idea of, of who Kent Vital is. I, I, I think we have a good grasp family man, man of faith. Um, tremendous experience working in the, in the region as an economist um, in, in banking and in developmental work. Um, I want before we go into the development and pull and, and the national and, and your plans, I want you to take a little bit of time and introduce the Freedom Party, Dominica Freedom Party, as you as it is now, as you envisage it going forward. Um, introduce that to the audience. So that will be the last piece of the puzzle of in, of, of introduction. Um, and then, um, so, so, so tell people what the Freedom Party is, what it stands for, and that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Freedom Party. Most of us, we know, we, we remember the Freedom Party, those of us of, of my age group, and maybe a little, definitely those who are older. We remember the Freedom Party being in office for 50 years, between um, 1980. And 1995, these were the years of the party, so to speak. But, but the party was really started in, in 1968. They remained in opposition for time before they became, they came into government and won, if I recall, it was 18 seats at the time. And then the two after that, they, they, they won reduced majorities. Um, but in terms of it's what we call a center-right party. And we'll let's simple by quickly explaining what we mean using simple. Mm-hmm. There are two ends of the spectrum, the left and the right. Um, parties on the road. I can't. In terms of the um, economy, can, in terms I'm, of free. I can, let, yes. I want to pause a little bit. You're approaching the bottom of the hour. I'm going to take a quick commercial break. And I'm going to try to reestablish a connection on Skype because we had much better quality okay. on Skype when we when we, when we had a connection. Um, WhatsApp, you're breaking up a little bit, so so let me just let me just play the ad right. from our sponsors one more time, and um, see if we can reestablish contact on on Skype. And I think the audience would hear you a little better. Okay, so just bear with you for a minute. Okay, okay, great, great, yes. Saturday, October 21st, 2017. It's all about DHAs. Dominica Houston Association 21st Annual Independence and Scholarship Gala. Celebrating Dominica's 39th anniversary of independence. 
This event will be held at the Bayou City Event Center, 9401 Knight Road, Houston, Texas, 77045, from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. It will be a great night of dinner and dancing, award presentation, cultural performances by the DHA dancers, and live music entertainment. Featuring keynote speaker Dr. Peter St. Jean, all proceeds to benefit DHA Scholarship Fund. Tickets available on Eventbrite or call 281-643-7108 or contact any of the executive members. Visit our website, www.dominicahoustonassociation.org for more info. Formal or cultural attire strictly recommended. See you there. All right, let's be back. Um... My guest tonight on this weekend interview is Mr. Kent Vital. Kent was recently elected the leader of the Freedom Party. And um, so I invited him on so he, we could introduce him to you. You could get to know him. And, and so far, um, he's done an excellent job of telling us who he is. And um, right when we left off, Kent, you were, you were, you were describing the, the Freedom Party um, the historical role that the Freedom Party has played in, in Dominica. So let's pick up from where we left off and um, yes. continue. You were saying that the Freedom Party policies can be described, say, as, as right of center or something like that effect? Yes, right of center. So just to explain that quickly, what, what that really means, um, traditionally we have had political ideology to the left or to the right. Just to use quick terms, the, the, the left, the further left you go, you, um, you went, the closer you went towards communism or, or, or government control, where the government controlled the economy and beyond the economy where government controlled life in a society but especially the, the economic aspect. And if, uh, that's the further left you go. The further right you go, it's, it's, it's the case where you emphasize um, freedom of the individual where you emphasize um, individual rights, ownership, land ownership rights and, and um um, and those kinds of, um, of, of positions. So, uh, and, and the free market, the role of the free market, um, meaning that, uh, the private sector is allowed to freely operate and through the workings of the, of the market, um, to arrive at equilibrium or positions, um, the ability to produce goods and services in the country. So in our, in, in the, on the left, it's government control. On the right, it is controlled by the free market system, by the free workings of the market. So that's, that's basically the two extremes. But the truth is, um, most, most of us have, are somewhere in the center where there is some government activity, where there is some government provision, but at the same time, there's private sector trade, there's private sector provision, um, there's the operation of the free market. Most of us are in the center, so hence the center. So there's the left, there's the right, and there's the center. So parties that are left of center, they have elements of both, but they are left of center, meaning that they lean more towards government control. And parties that are right of center, again, they both have elements of the left and the right, but they lean more towards um the influence of the free market. I have focused a lot on the on the economy, but there are other elements um, to the um, to, to political ideology. There's the social element, and um, the Freedom Party is considered to be a, a, a party based on liberal conservative principles. Uh, it, it basically brings us to the right of center, but but conservative in the sense of traditional principles, um, um, where we believe in, in 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 the value of some traditions are valuable, um, but at the same time, liberal policies in the sense of um, the, the freedom 
of the individual to um, to operate freedom of, of, of religion, freedom of, um, of, of of the buying and selling, the free market mechanism and so on. So we have combined traditional elements of both. But to use the center and the left ideology, we are closer to the center. And but we are left of center. So we believe in giving the private sector a chance to to engage in economic activity. We believe in giving individuals a chance to um, to help themselves, to pull themselves up, um, to 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 do that. Uh, but at the same time, we recognize that there are times when government has to step in, when government has to make some provisions, where we have to correct certain failures of of the free market. So, so we understand the need for government involvement. For me personally, I consider myself to be a, a, a pragmatist, a, a pragmatist, right? So ultimately, I believe that we need to be right of center as a, as a general philosophy. But generally, my, as a strategist, as someone who have done a lot of work in strategic planning, I believe in responding to the needs at the time. So when you analyze your situation, you have to seek to understand what are the reasons, what are the root causes, what are the constraints to development, to what what is preventing you from getting to where you would like to get to. Once you understand what is preventing you, once you understand it's like a doctor trying to find the root cause of, a, of, of, of an illness. Once you understand that root cause, then you're in a better position to, pre, to prescribe the, the solution. So as a pragmatist, I believe sometimes you have to look at your situation and try to determine what is the best route of action. Now, sometimes when you do that in terms of um, political um, um, management, when you do that, sometimes you may end up at policies that at the time appear to be left of center. And other times you may end up with policies that end up to the right of center. So though ultimately, I believe we'll, when government is operating perfectly, <laughs> well, you can never really get there, but just for want of a better word right now, that ultimately when the economy is, is operating very well, it, oh, that will take us to the right of center. But the truth is, at any point in time, we have to think of what is necessary at that point in time to improve people's lives. So in that sense, I consider myself to be a, a, a person that's very pragmatic. Right. Yeah. So let me jump in there. And um, with your experience working in, in, in development of work in the region, um, your familiarity with, 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 got with Dominica, with the islands in the Caribbean, a lot of times you hear the excuse that, oh, we're a small country with limited resources, and all of that bellyaching that all the governments um, give as to why um, life in the Caribbean, life in Dominica is not better than it is so i want you to 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 take a, take some time and and paint a picture of the vision that that you have that your party has i know i know that you you just got the reins of the party so so but but at least in, in terms of of broad strokes in terms of a, a vision um paint a picture for us as to how you see um, yourself or the Freedom Party um, being able to deal with the challenges that a, a, a country like Dominica has and still produce better results than we've been getting. Um, and let me just qualify what I mean when I say better results. Um, I'm talking to you from Brooklyn, New York right now. There's no reason why I should be in Brooklyn, New York. I should have felt comfortable staying in Dominica, raising my kids in Dominica, and <laughs> feeling that there is sufficient opportunity for for me and my children in dominica so so 
So that is what I consider to be a successful country, a country where people don't feel like they have to migrate. Right. Um, I understand. To, to, exactly. To, to, to avail yes. them. So, so paint that picture for us as to how you can see <laughs> um, the Freedom All right. Party being able to, to Well, Well, that. let me first first talk a little bit about, about what you said at, at the introduction of that question. Um, the fact that we are small, and that's a, a fact that we are small. But is it a reason why we can grow? By no means. Is it a challenge? Yes. But can we overcome it? Yes. And, you know, there are countries um, that were as small as some of our Caribbean countries. And over the last 30 years, 50 years, they have grown tremendously stronger than we have in the Caribbean. Um, there are countries that started at the same level of GDP per capita. I, I think the case, and don't, don't, I'll correct myself later if I'm, if on another show. But I think Singapore, if I, if, if I get my history right, when they started 50 years ago or so, they had about the same per capita income as, as Jamaica. And now it's, it's a different story. They have transformed the economy tremendously. There are other countries that have smaller land masses than, than we do in the Caribbean, and they have transformed tremendously. At, at another show, we, we can show those specific examples. So it's clear that physical land size is not necessarily a constraint. Lack of resources is not necessarily a constraint. And when I say resources, lack of natural, what we consider natural resources like iron ore and, and so on, is not necessarily a constraint. Japan have done it without a lot of natural resources. Singapore has small land size. There are other countries that have done tremendously well. But so what has, what, what has caused these countries to do so well? And, and it's, it's maybe a number of things. So we, we maybe cannot point to any one thing. But I'll tell you one of the things that has boggled us for a long time. And maybe other countries have found a way to overcome it. But partly because of our political governance, the way we govern. And, and we have to have a, a, a big discussion on, on what is the appropriate governance structures um, for countries like ours. Or at least the need for statesmen um, to do the right thing. But... What I, I generally, I'm generally referring to is the fact that we seem to be competing for votes. We seem to be competing on the sh for short-term votes because elections are held either every four years in, in one or two countries in the Caribbean or every five years in most of the other islands. And we seem to be so focused on, on, on getting votes that we sometimes don't do what is right for the country. We do what it takes to get into power, recognize, recognizing that people have short-term memories. And I could give many examples. And don't get me wrong, I'm just going to give this as an example. Suppose, for instance, a government knows that it needs to raise revenue in order to build an airport or whatever. And it knows that the best thing to do is to um, is to implement a VAT or to increase the VAT by 5%. No, don't get me wrong, listeners, I'm not saying that's what you do. I'm just raising as an example to explain. What would typically happen in countries like ours is that the opposition party would, the government would not introduce it. They would be fearful to introduce it because for fear that the other party will seize upon the opportunity to, to, to condemn them and to say that this is a wrong thing, it's going to burden the people, it's going to cause this, it's going to cause that. They will take that opportunity to do that. So the government would be fearful. So the government would not do the right thing. The government would prefer choose to survive. So they would choose not to introduce the tax, even if they know that, that the tax is required. On the other hand, the the opposition will, will always oppose it because if they support it, they will feel that they are giving government a, a chance to remain in power. We are so focused on remaining in power that often we have failed to do the kinds of things that we really need to do to get our countries um, um, to where um, we need to go. And other countries have done that better than we have. You may say it 
sometimes it may be differences in, in culture. It may be so. Um, but, 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 but sometimes countries have just had the, the guts to do what's right, to put the right systems in place. And, um, so, or sometimes all it really takes is really to at a point in time have statesmen. Statesmen that at the time can win the hearts of the people. And once they have won the hearts of the people, then they can do the kinds of changes in the governance systems to cause our, our governance systems to respond in a better way to the real needs of the country to take us where we can go. So that is one of the, of the, of the hindrances. But having said that, the truth is Dominica is both a difficult country to develop, but also a great country to develop. I mean, we know all the shortcomings. We are healy. Yes, we are small, um, mountainous small. We, we, we don't have too many resources or at least those that are very uh, unknown to be um, very profitable like oil and, and, and iron ore and so on. Um, but but we, we do have, on the other hand, other things. We do have a beautiful country, very mountainous, very picturesque, very beautiful, fresh, beautiful waters that, that tourists would love to use. Um, we, we, we do have fertile land. Of course, it's not land that can be very um, competitive in the sense of flat land that we can produce at the kinds of yield per acre that maybe Latin Americans can or other countries can. But there are other opportunities in terms of fair trade and organic agriculture. And there are tremendous opportunities in this modern age. Every ever, ever so often, there is some miracle food. And often many of these foods, we can produce them. But we don't have a research capability we don't have proper proper research and proper leadership in, in in our agricultural sector to be flexible to respond to world trends to respond to new trends to new marketing trends um we we send people to be trained overseas and india is a very good case of where they have many persons trained in the u.s but they do have a great diaspora policy where they're able to Persons go overseas, get trained, and even get experience. And they were able to bring that experience back to the country because we do have human resources. We have trained many persons. But what happens? Most persons, as you said, um, Anthony, most persons prefer to stay out. They, not because they, they, they don't like Dominica, because we don't, we, we don't facilitate it. We don't have a, a definite strategy of how to, to utilize our people no matter the way they are. I mean, not everyone can come back at the same time. That's not what I'm proposing. But but we have trained persons. You, Drago, you, I, I know you're a great engineer. You left. <laughs> I'm not saying that in a way to criticize you, of course. But I'm saying we have great people like yourself and other persons who are trained, who and and we've who have gained knowledge in the U.S. in in in, in the U.K. that we have to utilize. We have a great diaspora. In a sense, it's a good thing that we have a great diaspora. So not only can we draw on on their resources. Um, and their skills either in, in returning home, but many of our diaspora people have, have access, have, have, have maybe come up with these um, resources. We have not yet come up with proper processes for encouraging our diaspora to invest. Of course, if the diaspora people are going to invest, you would require a government you can trust. So again, it comes back to maybe getting that first government that people can really trust. But clearly, we are not using our diaspora resources. There are opportunities for diaspora people to invest. We are not organizing. It won't happen automatically. One or two persons will come to invest, but we have to have a structure and a system that organizes it um, properly. So what, basically what I'm saying, there are many ingredients, and maybe we cannot touch on everything today. But what we need is to attract investments, to attract diaspora investments, to attract diaspora skills, um, to have a government that creates the environment 
for persons to invest, for the diaspora to invest, to have a government that that creates the environment for persons locally to cooperate. Cooperation is another area that, that, that we need to promote. There's a lot of distrust. Um, you have to understand what constrains you. Often people don't come together because there are no systems to overcome distrust. I, I would have to go into details to explain what I mean. Yeah, but I, I, I want to let's take a pause because I want you to go into yeah. details because I'm listening to you speak and I am the, the only word that's coming to my mind is accountability. Yes, if, definitely. If, if we don't have accountability, then all then nobody's going to trust the system sufficiently. So, that so is yes, right. I want you to to spend a little bit of time and talk about because you refer you refer to it a few times. You talk about governance. You talk about um, you know being in, in in government and 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 having systems in place. So let's talk about your vision as to how would you go about re-establishing that trust that people ha would have to have in the governments to be able to get the development. How how do you envisage that accountability becoming part of of um, system of government in Dominica? All right. Well, it starts during the campaign. And three things we are aiming at. First, we have to bring the right message. So all our discussion right now is about messages. We are telling telling people what we think is possible, what's the vision, where we think Dominica can go, we think Dominica can be a great country, we think we can have opportunities in agriculture, in tourism. So we have to share that message. But all parties do that. So so, so that is maybe common to all parties. We all share vision and messages and so on. But the second thing is that we have to have the right messengers because persons have to believe us. It's not just about the vision, but it's about getting it done. So... We have to propose in our message the right structures, the right implementation structures. And that is part of what I, I, I do quite a bit. We don't just talk about the goals and, and, and the projects that we want to do when we do country strategic plans. We also talk about the, the structures for implementation, the structures for interministerial coordination, um, the structures for monitoring and evaluation. How, how we put those things in, that's, uh, that's important. But you have to get persons to trust you and that's why and and, and 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 to trust that what you're saying you really believe in what you're saying you really believe it's true and that's why messengers in our campaign is very important we want to have messengers that people can trust now if i bring on a messenger who is a thief and the messenger is saying all kinds of things to the people even if the things may sound good they're going to have a very hard time believing that person so we really have to find messengers that people can say, no, this guy is not in it for himself. This guy is not in it to enrich himself. This guy already has a track record, or this lady, because we are looking for men and women, that person already has a track record that demonstrates that they are already interested in real development and not in personal, selfish, self-serving entry into government, but really in really taking the country forward. So we, we have to get the right set of messengers. And of course, we have to have the right approach. Now, those messengers, um, and, and that must be people who have, have creative minds as well, who must be people who can listen to the community, can listen to the diaspora, because all the ideas won't come from us. All the, the ideas, you have to be in a position where we can listen to good ideas and make good judgments and say, okay, what this person is saying to us makes a lot of sense. So we, we have to have persons who are creative, persons who are open and transparent and who can listen. Um, and then once we bring those things together, it's about 
using our vast experience, using our experience, using our knowledge, and putting the systems in place. But a lot of it, and I, I cannot emphasize enough, a lot of it is going to rest on openness, accountability. Persons have to be able to trust. There is an opportunity, for instance, for us to bring persons together, let's say to invest in large hotels. I mean, it's good to get foreign investors to come and do it. But what if we can bring a, a, a 500 Dominicans together, each each, each with um, five 5,000 US dollars um, to, to be able to do one large hotel? We have to have the right sets of institutions to first of all organize that kind of thing. But people have to be able to trust that the government is going to do the right thing. When I say trust, what do I mean? People are going to have to trust that when a government decides to set up, let's say, a company to organize investments, that they are not going to be looking to benefit themselves first and foremost. When a government decides to to do something that will benefit the country, they are not placing themselves in, in a position where the benefit will ultimately come to them or the shares are going to be all owned by them, that they are doing it, that they they are divorced, that they're doing it genuinely. And, and that is not going to result in failure. Messengers and the kinds of people that we put in is very, very important. And that's going to be a very big part of the Freedom Party platform, bringing in the right messengers, bringing in people of integrity. Because a lot of what we have to do is about bringing Dominicans together to invest, um, especially to invest. And that is going to require, yes, one, putting the systems in place, but getting people to, to trust um, giving people assurances that this is not a scheme and this is not a Ponzi scheme or this is not something that um, that, that 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 the ruling party is going to seek to 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 to, to work to its own advantage in terms of personal gain. So these these are the kinds of, of, of things we got to do. We really have to gain the trust of the people. We have to put the right institutions in place. But in addition to that, we have to gain the trust of the people. Okay. So I, I'm getting a lot of um, questions. On, on social on social media. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, there are a few people who wants to call. I cannot take a lot of calls, but I'm going to say if you want to join the conversation, I will take one or two calls. And the number you can call is 617-372-0107. And my guest tonight on this freaking interview is Mr. Kent Vital. He is the brand new leader of the Dominica Freedom Party. Um, the Freedom Party has not been a, a significant force for the last, for the recent years, and uh, a lot of people express surprise um, with with the new with the, with the new um, position that, that that's been happening in the news. Your election seemed to have um, generated a new um, a new energy uh, around the Freedom Party. So. You talk about um, accountability. You talk about persons of integrity. Uh, so let me, you know, like there's this movie called A Few Good Men, and I don't know, you probably have your full 21, your contingent of 21 persons already that will be formed part of your team. But let's paint a typical picture of, of, of a man or a woman that you would consider to be an ideal candidate to join you um, in the Freedom Party to put for as part of your team that you would present to the people um, to say, listen, this, this, are, this is who we are. Give us a chance to, to govern. What, 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 what would you look for? What characteristics would you look for in, in, in accepting somebody who were to come to you and say, I want to join your team? Okay. Now, 
it has to be now first of all let's say we're not saying that people are saints or that you've got you you there that we are perfect people um because the truth is you will never ever find perfect people um anywhere in this world at least definitely not in this world so we're not talking about perfection but we are talking about people who have a track record have a track record that suggests that and that's where you've got to start you have, you have to have a track record that suggests that they're above board that they have not in, in, in the past been engaged in in activities that call into question their integrity yeah. that call into question their honesty and if indeed there were such occurrences that we've got to be sure that that's something that they have overcome and that they're willing to talk about and give people the, the, the assurance that that's something that's in their past, that's something that no longer characterizes them. Because I'm not one that believes that just because you were in a particular situation in the past, that somehow that cannot, you cannot move on from there. Especially Hello. some of us in our youth. We have done things that we are not proud of. And maturity has, has meant that we have grown. And, and, and clearly, we have to make allowance for that. But persons who can demonstrate that. Okay, Ken, hold on, hold on to me. I have a caller. I have a caller on the line. Um, yes, I, I have a caller on the line. Alvin, um, you wanted to you wanted to join the conversation. You have a yeah, question? yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to make a, just a few brief comments because I know you said time is of the essence. Go ahead, go ahead, caller. Yeah. Uh, good evening, Tony. How you doing, man? I'm doing uh, well. I'm doing well. Great, great. Good program again tonight. Good evening, Ken Vidal, Mr. Vital. How are you? Um, this is Alvin Thomas calling here from um, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm listening to you on the program, and I must, first of all, take the opportunity to congratulate and compliment you. Can, can you hear the caller? No, I cannot. So you may have to hold on, repeat hold on, the question for me. Um, I might be able. Let me see. Yeah, he, he, for now he was just saying good night. Let me. Um, he was just saying that he um, he wishes you well in the. Um, as 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 you go into the leadership of the um, of the party, um, tell me if you Alvin, go ahead. Let me see. Can tell me if you can hear Alvin now. Yeah, I was saying. Can to you hear me, um, Yes, I can hear now. I can okay, hear now. Great, great. Yeah, I was saying, Tony, I, I first of all want to compliment and congratulate Kent on, on taking over the leadership of the Freedom Party, the hem of the party. And um, I, I'm so pleased to, to, to hear some of the principles and, and the values that he has espoused tonight. Um, as a leader of the party, I think this is so important um, in politics today, um, not just in the region, but politics throughout the world, as, as we see it. So um, um, it, it's refreshing to hear that, very refreshing to hear that. Of course, we know that the Freedom Party has been out of active politics, if one might put it this way, um, over the last 15 or more years, given the, the, the time that the Labour Party has been in office. And I like the fact, too, that he made reference to the message and the messenger, trying to link the two together. Over the years, we have seen the growth and the development of social media, Facebook, um, uh, Twitter, um, which we see our president of the United States is tweeting and using as a form of communicating with his base. So my question is, um, what sort of strategy um, 
are you going to put in place? I, I, I agree with the messenger and the message link that you've made. But, but making use of social media as it is, what sort of strategy do you think that you are able to put in place to galvanize and mobilize um, the, 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 the people, as, as you say, to bring the message across and to get people to once again believe in, in those principles that I know the Freedom Party um, was about. I, I was a strong member and supporter of the Freedom Party in those days myself. One of the quick comments is has to do with your um, the, the involvement of the diaspora. I think this is so critical, and this is something that has we have missed, governments have missed over the years. And certainly that is an area which I think, again, um, through your strategic um, effort of putting together the party, that you can um, make maximum use of. So I'll, I'll end for now and, and just listen to, to your comment. Well, again, congratulations, um, Kent. Uh, I wish you well, you and your family and the party. And Tony, great Thank program as usual. I'll, I'll go back and listen. Thank, Take care now. Thank Bye-bye. you so much, man. Thank you. Okay. All right, Kent, yes. you, 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 you go ahead and respond to the, to the caller. To the, okay. Um, let me start w- with, um, with his last question because that, that's a, a favorite area of mine is because I do believe that the diaspora is totally important, a very important factor in taking Dominica forward. I, I don't know the exact statistics, but I, I'm almost sure there are more of us outside than there, there are those of us at home. I'm, I'm almost sure of that. I mean, when, when you combine those in the US, those in, in the UK, in Antigua, and, 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 and many in Canada <laughs> or major areas, Canada, right. UK and, and, and US, plus a few other Caribbean countries. Guadalupe I am pretty sure there are more of us out. And the, and the Guadeloupe, the French islands. I'm pretty sure. So that has to be a major strategy. We have spent money training people. People love their countries. And that has to be a major strategy. Now, the diaspora has, um, contributed to Dominica. Yes. A lot of what the, a lot of the what's going on in Dominica, the fact that we, we, we're still on the map, so to speak, we owe it to our people in the diaspora. We are loyal to our families. We send monies back home. These monies in turn pay for electricity. They pay for water. We send barriers back home. That is part of what keeps the economy going. But I believe in a more formal way, we need to be able to to work with the diaspora in terms of investments, investments in hotels, investments in other areas, in terms of the sale of traditional goods to our diaspora and using our diaspora as representatives out there, using their skills out there. There are so many ways in which we can more formally use the diaspora in the same way India did, in the same way Jamaica is, is doing. I, I understand that diaspora, the, the diaspora group out in the U.S., they had made a, um, some strategy available in Dominica government at the time did not take it, or I guess the current government, but the very same principles were grabbed by Jamaica and they run in the fit. So I, I, I think that is critical. The diaspora strategy is critical. So we have to be able to talk with the diaspora and engage them. Um, part of what we're doing, even from a party point of view, now that we have a new executive, one of the things that was suggested, and we have gone ahead and we have done it, we have appointed as part of our executive um, a diaspora representative on our executive. He's out in the U.S. Um, that's Jeff Bellot. I don't know those of you who know Jeff, um, but Jeff will be our representative out there. He's actively a part of us. And we have to think of more ways in which we can do that, engaging with the diaspora. Um, we have to think of that. But but when we do, if, if and when we are given the, the grace to lead the country again, and I believe the people, when they listen to our message, they will make that that, that decision. But, but the diaspora will be a big part 
of, of our strategy because that is part of what we're going to take us to where we want to get to. And there are many elements of that. Another time we can talk a little bit more about that element and how we can do that. Right. But to relate to his first question, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. he was asking about, I believe he was asking about the fact that we're in a modern age and that we, we have um, new social media technology. How are we going to carry our strategies in that sense? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the subgroups, subcommittees we will be setting up is a social media outreach. We do recognize that that's where many people are these days on Facebook, on Twitter, on, um, on, 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 on WhatsApp chat groups and, and so on. So our, our, and what we're going to do pretty soon is we're going to have our executive, we're going to have um, a one day retreat where we are going to speak about the terms of reference for each of these subgroups. And as I said, one of them will be the social media subgroup, but we will launch major efforts in, in that area. Um, we will have a, a, a social media coordinator, and um, that person will be a paid coordinator, and that's where we're going to need a lot of support um, from the diaspora, from everyone who wants to support our cause. We want you to get in touch with us, support us, but we, 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 will, we will have a social media coordinator, and chances are that person will be a paid coordinator. He will coordinate the efforts of a number of, um, a number of volunteers who will be able to help us get the message out. We will not be out there trying to sow lies. I could promise you that we will have sometimes to counter lies, but we will not ourselves be sowing lies and be engaging in false campaigning. That is just not something. You know what we, I really want our the Freedom Party to do? I want the Freedom Party to be able to sell the truth twice as good as others sell lies. And it would mean getting to the forums where we know where people are. People sometimes are on um, DNO or other groups where other um, internet online um, newspapers where people make comments. We need to be able to be out there, get our message, counter false um, false expectations, counter false messages, counter lies. So we, we need to do that. We need to get the message out there and we will be doing that. So we want the help of the diaspora. We want the help of all out there to be able to help us do that. Okay, so um, Kent, at, thanks. at this time, what I want to do, I want to give you the opportunity because as the caller said, um, Freedom Party has been almost dominant for the, la- for, for the last several years. I want to give you the opportunity now to speak directly to the, free peop- the Freedomites out there, the people that who are supporters of members, supporters of the Freedom Party, Persons who may be looking to affiliate with a party that they, that they may not necessarily be able to identify with the other parties. I want, you, I want to give you the opportunity now to speak directly to your typical supporter and, 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 and telling them, you know, what you're going to do for them. Maybe you can take the opportunity to let them know who are the other persons oh. on your on, right. on your board and that kind of thing. But speak directly, well, take it, speak directly to, to right. your supporter if you want to do that. Okay. Well, first of all, I would like to say who I would like my typical supporter to be. I would like my typical supporter to be, or the Freedom Party would like its typical supporter to be, persons who want the best for Dominica. You know, unfortunately, it seems like we have gotten into a, a, a gang, let me use that word, a gang political culture, that if I belong to a party, no matter what, I am part of that party for life. I, I, I think we have to try to get away from that culture. I really don't want people to support the Freedom Party simply because they were always freedom rights. I mean, I appreciate that, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, 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 but let's speak seriously. 
Do you want somebody to support you even if you're a murderer? I mean, do, would you support somebody even if they're a murderer just because they're your brother? Of course, you sympathize, you do everything you can. But, but I'm sure even if you know that your brother is a murderer, you'd want him in jail. So I, I, that blind party allegiance, that's something I would like to get out of, for us to get out of our system and, um, as Dominicans and think in terms of support the group which you think will bring the best for Dominica. Now, sometimes that may have to be to do with the, 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 the philosophy of the party. So if you have a typical freedom right, you believe in the freedom philosophy. And one of the first things we say uh, um, generally is that people before party. In other words, generally, we promote Dominica before anything else. So a typical freedom right, to my mind, uh, uh, the, the, the typical freedom right believes in that. Um, we believe in people, giving people opportunities, giving people um, hands up. Now, we do think that there are times when people need help and will help. But a lot of our focus has to be on helping people to help themselves or putting the systems in place for people to get opportunity to engage in economic activity or get opportunity to be employed. We believe strongly in that, that that's where the greatest effort. So a typical freedom right looks back and he sees what happened during the time of the Mary Junior Charles. He sees the effort that was placed in, in developing the banner industry. He sees the effort that was placed in putting the infrastructure. He sees everything that was going on there and how the country did so well and prospered that per persons were not victimized and persons were free to speak, even if you did not support the party. I was given the story of one guy who said to me that, and hopefully we'll have him on our own program at the Freedom Party Freedom, and when we air that program every Wednesday, same time like yours, but we go for two hours. But he was saying to me, he recalled during his days that he worked at Social Security, and at that time he supported the Alliance Party. And that party, that party, we know that Alliance Party was, you know, to the left of the spectrum. And he said, the and he campaigned against the Freedom Party, and he said the government came in. And the government never victimized him, even if the government knew that he did not support them and he actively campaigned against them. Instead, the government sought to use his skills. That's the Freedom Party people remember. That's what people will remember. So those who support us, they'll remember that. And that's, that's what we want. Not just the old freedom rights. They will remember that and we want them to come back. But we want everyone to remember that. Remember the, 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 the integrity that 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 really was at the root of the party. I mean, Mary Nyachas was the was the was the chief cook in that respect, a lady of great integrity. And if I were to give you some of the stories I have heard about this lady, I mean, you would say, "Wow!" I, I'll give you one for instance. I'm, I'm this particular guy who came to her and because he was in the Young Freedom Movement and he wanted some concessions, and he came to her and he said, "Nyachas, you know, you know, you know, we did this and this is. Could you give us duty-free concessions?" And she said, "No, I cannot do that." If I give it to you, I'll have to give it to the, 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 the labor people as well. He said, no, that is not mine to give. And she said, you know something? She pulled out her checkbook and she wrote a check to him, um, not to him personally, but for the, for whatever he wanted to clear the goods. That was the kind of lady of integrity, a lady who would not give what is not hers to give, a lady who would not give away what is the state's and what belongs to all of us and not some of us, even if at the end she did make a statement that Many people criticize her for, and I, I too. But, but in most of her reign, and even if she made a statement, that's what she, that's not how she behaved. But she really managed the resources of the state for everyone, and that is the kind of people that we want to support us. People who believe in that, who can once again have hope that 
even if we defer that our coin, and even if we don't agree with the policies of the government at the time, but the government is not there for one set. It's not a, it's, it's, it's not a, a gang. It's not my group in charge. And no matter what my group does, my group is right. We have to get that out of our psyche and we have to really think of Dominica and our children. When, when I say Dominica, I'm making up our children, our, the legacy we leave for our, our children, those, those of us in the diaspora, um, our ability to connect to our homeland, those of us at home, what kind of future do we want for our children? That's what we've got to think of in determining whether which party we support. So, so yes, we have to think of the philosophy, but also we have to think in terms of, of the quality of people. We have to think of, of governance, because sometimes even if people say good things, their behavior clearly suggests that they won't do good things. I have said over and over again in many of our programs, that is one thing for us to build roads, and, and I will never oppose roads because roads are good. We need roads for tourism. We need roads for agriculture. We need roads just to enjoy life. We, we need those roads. But when a road is built, let's say for for 10 million, but it could have cost um, 5 million. It means $5 million goes into somebody's pockets and chances are it ends up in a bank account overseas and it doesn't do good to the people at home. So I'm saying even if we have good ideas and we are doing good things, the other ingredient is that we must be people of integrity. People must be sure that when we spend the money, although we may see a good road, but that we, 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 we are getting the most out of the money because there's a lot to be done in America. Many more roads to be built, many more farm roads to be built, many more persons to be helped, many more opportunities to be created for the private sector and, and to facilitate development and growth. So, so that element is also very important. So I need a Freedomite who remembers the kind of integrity the Freedom Party had. And we need other people, not just Freedomites, to remember that 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 is what we need to take our country forward. That is one of the elements. So that's, I would like to speak to those freedom rights who remember that and to understand that we are building on that platform. We are bringing back people of integrity. We are bringing back people who have good ideas, who can link with communities and who can listen to the people and combine all those ingredients to take our country where it can get. All right. So I have, I, I, have another, I have a question that I am combining from a series of questions that I'm getting from the audience. And it has to do with the role that the Freedom Party is going to play coming like in the next coming up to the next election. Because let's face it, you're a political party, you have to contest election, you have to contest to win. The the Freedom Party has has collaborated with the Labour Party in the past. Um, a lot of persons are asking is there what, how much of a consideration, I guess is what they're saying. Um, is being given to a collaboration with the current official opposition. Um, is that something that have you guys been approached? Um, what is the thinking on that? Do you see um, some, is there some commonality between the two parties where you see there's a, there's not, there may be opportunities for collaboration? Um, just speak to that a little bit because I'm getting a lot of, um, of comments <laughs> questions, and that. questions in that regard. As to whether we will see a tag team between the Freedom Party and the Workers Party to try to get their um, current well, 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 the, the simple answer to all of that is no. We, individuals speak. Individuals out there. I've heard people on the radio. Even, even, even Christian at our at our conference had his own view and suggested collaboration. But we brought him on as an independent labor right to speak at our convention, and he was free to express whatever view he wanted. 
and but that is um our party position is that we are rebuilding the party we have no formal discussions with the uwp we have no informal discussions with the uwp we have our interest is in rebuilding the party because we believe we have a brand of politics that people will like we believe we have an approach to politics that people find to be refreshing we believe we are beginning to attract a set of messengers that are credible that are good messengers and we want to be able to to continue to do that we think that's good for dominica we think dominica is a democracy and everyone who thinks that they have something to offer and a team to organize who can offer it must be able to so if uwp has something to offer let them offer the best they can that is part of what we need in democracy if the labor party has something to offer let them offer people have to judge whether what they're bringing in table and whether what they have seen from the labor party is good and will get us where we want to get to go but as a freedom party and as a group we have a brand we have an approach we have messengers that we are gathering um that we want to present to the people and we'll be doing everything to present that to the people so we have no our 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 goal is to build the freedom party plain and simple so but we know that there's politics and we know that people will try to make associations for political gain i guess that's the game of politics so we just have to push back at it and then that's where integrity comes in people have to know and those who know me will know that that's not me those who know me will know that if i say that we are not having any kind of discussions on collaboration with the uwp those persons who know me right away know that i am speaking the truth so that is why we we are focusing a lot on messengers on messengers that are sound messengers that people can believe but there's no truth to that but we know there's politics. There are people who will try to associate you. You know why they try to make the association? Because we still have a, a political culture, a culture that's a gang culture. That's why we need a culture that says, what is the best for Dominica? What is the group that have the best idea? That's the culture we need, not the culture of saying, oh, well, all you want to do is get the Labour Party out of office. That is not my interest. My interest is to get the best for Dominica. And therefore, I want to present, the Freedom Party wants to present a group an approach, um, a strategy that can get Dominica to a better place. And we want people to make the, the judgment based on that. It's not in my interest. I'm not trying to, you know, some, I, I don't, I don't like this gang culture. I don't like this culture that, you know, is my party and you want to get us out because maybe somehow there is some personal benefit or, or something. I really don't care about personal benefit. I really don't care about bringing anybody down. That's not my intention. I, I want all of us to do well, whether we're in Labour Party or Freedom Party. I want all of us to do well, but I want us to do so freely. What I really want us to do is to be able to grow the pie to such an extent that we don't feel that we must squeeze somebody else and prevent somebody else from eating bread so that we might so we so that we have to eat bread but we are presenting our own unique brand and because we believe in our brand we believe dominicans will catch on to it we believe other people will like it and and we will be doing everything we can through our social media campaign and our other campaigns to sell that brand and to bring on messages that's what we are focused on we are not focused on any other thing but that okay so the last the last major area i want to i want to touch on before we go because something that that I think is important going forward. Um, I, I would like to talk about constitution reform, um, but but I think that is a topic all on its own. But I want to pick one aspect of, of the constitution that I think is, is in dire need. I don't know if you agree with me that. You'll tell me if you agree, and if you agree, how we would approach it. But electoral reform. Um, 
in broad, broad strokes, or if you have it well defined already, um, because I know you're a very contemplative guy, so so you you may already have a, a, a big part of it figured out. How wh- what is the approach? What what would be the objective? Um, how would you go about um, implementing electoral reform? What would you recommend? What would you push for um, in terms of electoral reform that would that would reins, re, you know reinstate the, the trust that everybody would need to have in in our elections? Yeah. Right. Now, there are a number of things, but I think the most important one is campaign finance reform. Why do I consider this to be the most important one? Because of political capture. What we have, because of the way our, our campaigns are financed, um, we, we end situations where governments get in power and they feel that they have to reward those who finance their campaigns, and often we end up make, making decisions that are bad. That is where sometimes a lot of our our projects go bad in the sense that a project may really cost five, um, 10 million, but then um, it, it's given out for for 20 million or, or 15 million because somehow we try to find ways of rewarding those who supported our campaign. I remember when um, uh, when I first started to consider doing um, politics and um, and then this friend of mine came and he said, boy, Ket, you know, you know, I, I, I know somebody who's willing to, who, who wants to give us $5 million. And I immediately, I immediately got excited. I'm like, wow, yeah, man, that's good. If, if, if we had $5 million, we could do this. And then I said, but wait a while. What does he want in return? He said, well, nothing. All he wants is an opportunity to be on the inside track, to be able to get out of the project here. I said, okay, fine. And that was the end of the discussion. I was no longer interested. Because... That is what is wrong. And that is what we have to get away from. So we need to have campaign finance reform because basically, in a democracy, it's to be about individuals having equal say, equal vote, each vote to one vote, to one man, to one woman. That's what we need. We don't want the undue influence of money. And that is what is taking our systems away. We have the undue influence of money. See what happened in the last general election. One party being able to have so much money that they can pay persons or give persons gifts of tickets and allowances to be able to come down to vote, which is, according to our laws, election bribery. We, we, we need to have reform to prevent bribery, number one, but also to generally give parties a, a fairly equal footing. So, what, to, what, to so what, what would that campaign finance reform look like? What, what, how, how it takes, that, it takes many like? forms in, in, in different countries. But, for instance, in, in, in some countries that are more prosperous, it could involve, for instance, um, um, limits or, or, or the state providing um, funds to, to um, parties for, for campaign. In, in, in the UK, I think there's a big element of that where both parties benefit from state resources in terms of carrying out their campaigns. In other countries that maybe not as be as well endowed as the UK or some of the rich countries, there are issues to do with declaration, with transparency, with with um, declaring where your financing sources are from. Well, even for countries that have the resources. So I believe in the US, and you all live there, so you might be able to guide me better on that. There are rules and laws in which you are to declare. When you declare your source, it becomes a little more difficult for for that undue influence in the future. Um, although there are still ways in which people get around it, right? 
but 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 that is one. In, in other cases, there may be limits to the amount that can be spent on a campaign, and in some cases, there are com, um, a combination of, of of those things. And there may be even be other strategies that that can be used. But we would definitely have to look and try to find the best combination of those um, or other strategies that we can use to bring some sanity to the situation. Uh, we, you know, so, 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 so there are different ways in which can be done, but, but, but definitely something that will be on our platform if we do come in. Rather than doing the reverse and legalizing bribery, we, we really, what we want to do is, is, is consider appropriate campaign finance reform. That is one of the things we'll be doing. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the two other areas that people often speak about is the whole issue of fixed dates, um, for elections. Um, that's one. And um, and the other one is fixed a uh, fixed term or, or, or term limits for uh, at definitely for the prime minister or the president um, and maybe even for some other positions, um, some other parliamentary positions. But but clearly these are two other important areas in terms of the fixed dates for elections. I think that is very very important, especially in countries like ours, when we fully know that. Our people have limited resources. So generally political parties, especially if you don't want political parties to to engage in the wrong sources of financing, you need to give them appropriate time to be able to organize. Sometimes persons want to offer themselves, but they're not yet in a financial position where they can do so five years ahead of time. They often have to work as far as they can and choose some point. Um, closer to the election where they can declare now for themselves. That is understandable because of our financial situation and our individuals are not generally rich people. So when you allow a government to decide two years before the election to call a snap election, but that's maybe just around the time when to, you know, to resign and make themselves very unfair um, to, to people. It's, it's really disenfranchising our people. So I think that is one of the things that we need to look at um, in terms of our campaign um, finance reform. And um, so that is so that's two areas. And term limits is very important. I mean, we all know that sometimes power corrupts and power gets to our head and we become very, very, very haughty and, and think as if it's by our own might that we get to where we are. We become lords of the people, we become kings of the people rather than being a democracy and, and being servants of the people. All of a sudden, we seem to be the greatest kings. <laughs> and I think. Uh, and, and in that case, we behave in ways that's where bribery comes in. That's where we do all kinds of despicable things just to gain power. And often people don't understand the despicable things we do because we show a nice face. But what we do underneath is something else. So that's where I think um, term limits become a very important um, aspect of, of electoral reform as well. So these are, are three of the areas. But besides that, there are other things we could do as a country uh, but it takes you know bringing in a, a government that is that is one that can bring people together one that that will not deal out of hatred that deal out of love and, and and true concern for the people but to do some of these other things but clearly in terms of our decision making process because we are so centered on 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 on, on four year terms and we so want to get back into office we often take decisions based on that four year thing what is the best thing to do for my party so people will reelect me that's but that is often sometimes not the best position for the country so the question is how do we come up with with um ways in which we can make better decisions given that political um 
influence or given that, that tendency for persons to make short-term decisions. How can we do that? And that is one of the things I have contemplated on in making recommendations to countries. And in one case where I made a recommendation, they really wanted to find out which other country does it. But basically what you want is to begin to set up some apolitical institutions in the country, maybe tied to the, the office of the governor general, those who are still um, where the governor general is still is still the head, or mm -hmm. tied to the president. Although in Dominica we, are, we have now bastardized that position, that position is now held by someone widely believed to be very political. But more often than not in the rest of the Caribbean, the position of president or, or, or the governor general is one that is held by persons of very high repute. And, and how we can, through that office, begin to come up with with decision-making processes, especially for critical decisions, things that we can decide to take out of the political debate so that the country can go forward. So suppose we have to make a decision on a tax, and we know it's an important decision, that we can have the institutions that can begin to discuss those kinds of things and can say to the country, you know something? We all agree as political parties, as stakeholders, that this is important for our country, so we're not going to debate on it politically. Matter done, let's do it for the benefits of the country. Those kinds of things we have to look at. So beyond the free traditional things, campaign finance reform, term limits, and, and, and fixed dates for elections, we have to also look at other decision-making processes that can improve um, decision-making. Certainly. Okay. So we're approaching the end of, 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 of the interview. Um, and, you know, so much information. If you joined us late, my guest tonight on this weekend interview is Mr. Kent Vital. Kent was um, recently elected as the leader of the Freedom Party. Kent, before we close, I want you to speak to, to, to young people, the youth, and what role you think that the youth will play in, in, in the revitalization of the party and, and, and also... In, in, the, in the governance of the country as we go forward. Yes. My good friend Johnson Boston often boasts that the Freedom Party knew about how to incorporate youth very well. Um, he often says, for instance, that Lennox Holy Church became um, a, a senator or minister, something of that nature, when he was in his early 20s. He himself, Justin Boston, became a senator at 26. So our past track records have shown that we have have always incorporated youth. And, you know, one good thing, we have always had, a, um, in the past, we have had a very strong young freedom movement and we are uh, reinvigorating that group again. And we have a group of young people that have joined that movement and they're excited and, and we are growing it. We are growing to different districts and, and spreading the culture. But but here are the three, the three um, or a couple of objectives that we have for the group. One is that to re-educate to, to inform the youth in Dominica about their, their political rights and their political responsibility. Uh, emphasize the latter, the responsibility, because we are, seem to be moving into an era where persons are encouraged to sell their votes. It seems like, and that is something we have to reverse as a people, you know. I, I remember going back to Dominica some time ago in one of the elections and giving someone a ride and, and they saying to me how they got all this plywood and all of that and that they were going to build a house and I'm, I'm like okay that's great and jokingly said to them but I hope you, you you take all these things and not vote for them you know I was really joking at the time and they said no man I cannot do that after I take all that plywood and so on I must vote for the for the people so it's it clear that in our consciousness 
people can be bought. And when persons are given things, um, and I don't blame people for, for having need because we do have need. I blame governments for not doing the kinds of things that people are not in that kind of needs. And I blame governments for exploiting persons. And, 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 and rather than leading our people to, to dignity, we exploit the situation and we give them things in expectation that they'll, they'll vote for us. So what we want to do with the youth group is to educate the youth, is to raise the consciousness of the youth that, low, you know something, I have a responsibility to vote, but I also have a, res- um, I, ha- I, I have a right to vote, rather, but I also have a responsibility to vote responsibly, to vote based on my conscience, to vote based on what is the best for Dominica, what is the group that gives the best um, solutions to our problems. Uh, so we want the youth group to play a great role in, 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 in bringing that. The various strategies we'll use to do that, you know, we will work it out as we go along. But that is one of the things. The other thing is that we recognize that there are very limited opportunities for youth. And um, even if we're not in government, we recognize the need to seriously encourage youth to be entrepreneurial. And we will be doing that. So a lot of the activities we will launch with the youth will, will involve those to create uh, an, an entrepreneurial culture. Um, some of them may be practical things. Some of them we may try to engage them in, 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 in finding practical solutions or, or creating um, opportunities for employment and so on. So, so we will do that. And then thirdly, we want to be able to hear their views. We want to be able to hear the youth. So our youth group, we will be involved in, in, in representing the youth on the senior executive. And ultimately, when we get into government, when the people, if the people give us the grace to lead the country, then we will also get the youth involved, just like we have in our track record. We have always listened to the youth because as older persons, things change. And, and, and sometimes we forget, you know, we, we, we forget as older persons that we were once young and, and we forget the kinds of things that were, that were important to us. We are all grown up and we forget that, that it was very important to us to ride our bicycles. So when the young people come and ride bicycles, somehow we get irritated. <laughs> but we fail to provide the opportunities for them to get involved in riding competitions, for instance. So we want to hear what moves the youth, what, what do they need to live a, um, a, a great life? Why is it that they want to run away from Dominica every opportunity that they get? And they no longer, uh, many youths are no longer thinking, when I get away from this place, um, I, I don't want to come back. They no longer have the mentality that I want to come back because of, of the kind of thing they see. So, so we want to hear from the youth what do you need what 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 attracts you what kind of country do you want us to build we have to hear from the youth and we will be listening to them through the young freedom movement we'll provide those opportunities but generally we'll we will provide opportunities for youth involvement um going forward um so these, these are three of the things okay uh we 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 are pretty much out of time um we did 90 minutes tonight and i want to say i i really enjoyed um, the conversation, I think you, you, you were very forthright and open and, um, and, and you gave good answers. Um, I, I, of course, I, I want to tell you that you're welcome to come back anytime as you, as you crystallize and, and develop your message more and, and, and you, you exert more of your influence on, on the party and maybe you do your manifesto and all of those things that go into, into politics. Yeah. Um, Bear in mind that you have an open mic um, yes. on, on, on TDN radio in general and, and, and on, on this weekend interview. So I want to say thank yes. you so much. And I, and I wish you all the best. Dominica need a few good men. We need more statesmen. We need more people who are not just looking for themselves. Um, we need people who can reestablish us 
as people with morality. Um, and I say that seriously because I, I, there's a few things that happened in the past that that did not make me proud to be a, a, a Dominican. Um, That's right. Uh, and and, and I, I listen to people like you and you give me hope that, that we can all play our part together ourselves back in that in that vein. So I wish you all the best and I want to say thank you so much for agreeing to be my guest Thanks. in this weekend interview. It was my absolute pleasure, Anthony, very much so. So thank you too. Thank you too for providing the opportunity and I will make myself available. I will come back to continue to chat with you as the as the, the weeks and the months roll by. So thanks again, my brother. All right. Thank you. And thank you on behalf of Dominic for stepping forward and putting yourself in a position because in the position you are, you basically have drawn a bullseye on your back and you're going to be the target for That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know I know the person that you are, like I said at the top of the show, we were classmates. Um and um and then you know, I I think that you can handle whatever they can bring. So we wish you well. Yes. And um look forward yes. to our next conversation. So good night. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And good night all listeners. All right, awesome. So listeners again I promised you that this, this conversation was going to be brilliant. Um, and it was, it was. Um, Kent came across as very sincere, very open. I got a lot of comments on, 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 on different groups on my messenger, on WhatsApp, or even on Skype, on Facebook. A lot of people uh, are expressing um, very high level of impress- impressiveness. They were impressed with, with, with the way that he's speaking and the things that he says. And none of this questions were scripted they were all impromptu questions and um, of course so so those are the thoughts directly from from kent um kent vital as the as leader the newly elected leader of the dominica freedom party so wish you well for the sake of dominica we need people who who have the experience we need people who can think big and i want to thank alvin for calling in i want to thank you or my 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 audience for joining me every Wednesday for, for this weekend interview. I wish you a great week and um, all the best. We'll do this again next week, Wednesday. Before I go, let me say thank you to my engineer and producer, Sam. Um, always, always keeping the mics live. We had a little bit of challenge with the technology because Kent is in Belize. Um, so we did Skype, we did some WhatsApp, we switched back to Skype. But eventually, I hope the, the quality was, was good enough that you could, you could um, follow the conversation because uh, if you didn't um i the, the podcast will be up soon the podcast usually is up within 24 hours at tdnradio.net so if you missed anything you can you can go there what i find is that you never pick up everything on the first listen sometimes i go back and i listen to the program three times four times and every time i hear things that i didn't hear before so listeners i want to say good night um, and this has been another episode of this weekend interview. Extended this one, this program. I think we 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 had enough material to cover. And as I said, as um, as Kent further develops his message, I'm going to invite him back. Um, my mic is open to anybody who has stuff to say, especially if it's developmental stuff that has to do with Dominica. So far, I have not succeeded in getting anybody from the ruling Labour Party to come on the program. But again, my mic is open to everybody. Um, they're all welcome um, to come and, and, to, and, to, and to give their message. So we'd welcome that. If anybody knows anyone of the party who 
is knowledgeable enough or close enough or has the authority to speak on behalf of the, of the Labour Party Day. Point them in my direction. I'd love to have them on. So let me say good night and thank you for staying with me. I hope tonight was your first night you listened, that you agree that this show is a show that's worth listening to. We do this every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We do this week in interview. So let me say good night. And um, I will see you next week, same time, same place, tdnradio.net. Stay tuned, we usually have good music that's going to take you on for the rest of the night. And then I'll see you next week on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.